Sports at its best can be a form of escapism, a distraction from the problems that we all face in everyday life. And we here at the Blockout Sports Pod, over the course of 21, 22 episodes, have done our best to bring some humor, some levity, and some lightheartedness to the world of sports. We are honored and privileged that we have found an audience who seems to enjoy three knuckleheads sitting around a bar having a cocktail and talking about the absurd, the fun, the funny, the interesting, the entertaining things that make us all sports fans. And we are in fact, a sports show, which is why I wanted to say a few words before this week's show got started. As I'm sure all of you know, we are located in Louisville, Kentucky, and earlier this week on Monday, our community was the latest in a much too long list of American cities to be confronted with a tragedy in the form of a mass shooting. Just a week or two ago, it was Nashville, Tennessee, just a couple hours south of here. This week it was Louisville. Next week or the week after that, another community will be forced to confront this scourge of gun violence that has taken place across our country the past several years. Louisville is a very tight-knit community, one that I've heard referred to as the smallest town in a big city. The running joke is always when you meet someone and they ask you where you went to school, they don't mean where you went to college, they mean where you went to high school. My two co-hosts are lifelong Louisville residents. I've lived here for over 20 years, and that small-town feel, that close-knit feel, has never been more apparent to me than it has been this last week. Freddie had a friend who was at the bank who was wounded in this shooting. Another friend of the show had a friend that unfortunately passed away as a result of this shooting. When you see things on the news, sometimes it can be easy to play games with your mind in the abstract. Oh, that's terrible that that happened, but Let me tell you, it's a lot different when it happens in your town. 
when your friends are affected, when the whole community is affected. Unfortunately, Louisville will not be the last, the last community to have to confront this awful reality that we seem to be living in every single day in this country. The particular perpetrator of this crime lived almost exactly one mile from where I sit right now, broadcasting this from the downstairs pub. He was quite literally a neighbor. His own family in the media this week has said that he showed signs of mental illness. But he was able to walk into a local gun dealership and legally purchase an AR-15 style rifle and all the ammunition that he needed to carry out this heinous attack that took all of about four minutes. Five innocent lives were ended. A Louisville police officer was critically wounded. And as I've discussed this this week with several people, I've been asked, what are your solutions? What would you do different? Well, I'm not sure. I am not a policymaker. I am not an expert. I am simply a citizen who is sick and damn tired of every other day waking up in this country. Every other week, we have one of these mass shootings. And every other week, when we have one of these mass shootings, it's with the same type of weapon. People are quick to call out mental illness. And absolutely, mental illness is a huge part of this and something we must, as a country, address. But mental illness by itself does not walk into a school or a bank or a shopping center or a movie theater and slaughter people by the dozens. Something has to change. All I can do is my small part, vote with my conscience, donate money to causes that I deem worthy, that are working towards goals. But at the end of the day, it's going to take politicians to stand up. It's going to take 
regular citizens who may be inconvenienced by not having easy access to weapons that are better suited for the battlefield than a public street. It's going to take somebody willing to take the first step because we simply cannot continue going down this road. No parent should ever have No parent should ever have to drop their child off in the morning and then come back that afternoon to identify the body. The horror of co-workers who survived these horrifying events is lifelong and lasting. Louisville, unfortunately, knows this all too well as in 1989, there was another mass workplace shooting. Not that long ago, I read an article about it where several of the survivors were talking about it was something they would never get over. It will be the same thing for the survivors of this attack. And it will be the same thing for the survivors of the inevitable next one. We thank the heroic efforts of our first responders, the police, fire department, EMS, the dispatchers at 911 who took the heartbreaking calls calmly and professionally and got people where they needed to be. The doctors, nurses, surgeons, everybody who had a part in saving the lives of the wounded. And we remember those that we lost. Joshua Barrick, Dina Eckert, Thomas Elliott, Juliana Farmer, and James Tut. And we pray for Officer Wilt, who is in the hospital in critical condition. I know it's a difficult and an uncomfortable topic, but it's one that I felt was important to address before we got started this week. Be kind to each other, love a little better and a little easier, and thank you for listening.
Live from the Bills Famous Cheese Studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kemp. And bellied up to the bar, as always, a man who can't wait till tomorrow because he gets better looking every day, the fabulous one, Freddie Bender. Ooh, let me feather my hair. I got, you look normal today. There's nothing I can make fun of you about. I know, like, I just, you're all bronzed up. You just got back from vacation. A little Both tan. You guys are bronzed got up, a little man. tan action. I'm over here baby. looking like 2% milk hanging out with you boys. And <laughs> we're sitting here watching some LPGA. It's good to be back behind the mic, guys. We got the Reds on. Yeah, it's it is good to be back. Uh, I think good. the LPGA is more interesting than the Reds. <laughs> they close better. <laughs> it is good to be back. It's uh, we took a week off, of course, because uh, Freddie and I were uh, beachside. But uh, we will get into some stuff that we missed last week. We want to thank everybody that listened uh, last week and listened to our Masters preview. Uh, Got some good feedback on that. Got a, a lot. lot of, I was I was curious how many people would actually listen to that, and it sounded like people enjoyed that. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that we did it. Um, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media on Twitter at Blockout Pod. We are on Facebook. If you just type in Blockout Sports Pod uh, in your search window on facebook or we are also uh you can reach us via email at blockoutpod at gmail.com um i want to thank everybody that listened to uh if you did listen to our intro today about uh, the events that took place here in town over the last week um i wanted to do that before we got into the show, because obviously there is no good way to segue between that and uh, goofing on slow play at the Masters. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, quickly, I wanted to just start out with something that we were not here to talk about, and that is the uh, championship game, Final Four championship game in the NCAA basketball tournament, Connecticut is your national champions. Uh, and if you listen to the Masters segment, you heard me say congratulations, Connecticut, on your national championship. <laughs> that is true. So uh, We had Florida Atlantic lose in highly dramatic and gut-punching uh, fashion. Freddie and I watched that game together in Florida. Had our shirts on. Yep, had our Florida Atlantic <laughs> gear on. Okay, it was just... <laughs> Thought he was excited because he had a shirt no, on. No, well, uh, true, but uh, yeah. Um, no face paint. But, guys, I wanted to get your quick uh, takes on the championship game and uh, maybe some thoughts on the tournament as a whole, Tuna. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Connecticut just ran through that tournament. Um, I expected more of a fight. They they controlled this whole game front to finish. What, what, it got close, but within six once, I believe. Um, all in all, it UConn just controlled this from the from the tip. It was um, what's crazy about this UConn team is they probably had one of the most dominant NCAA tournament runs, 
and we'll look back on them and not note them as one of the great NCAA championship teams. That's right. Because, I mean, you could probably still go through and only name like two or three guys from that roster. Right. And, well, they're coming back. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to know them for sure next year. But I mean, yeah. And, and they were a, a four seed going in and to win every game. What, what was it, a 13-point average margin yeah, of victory? Is that, that correct? I, unbelievable. Yeah. it's And they had – and, dude, there's a couple guys I finally got to key in on in that game with all the other games going on, and, and they really had some good players. Great coaching. Yeah, great. Uh, coaching. They had all their crew there, great fans. They had all the the past players. and you Little know, local hey, tie. Congrats to uh, Luke Murray for being a part of that, yeah. that entire yeah. run. Uh, right. Former Louisville assistant. Um, we miss you, Bill Murray. Come back one day. <laughs> Cinderella boy. <laughs> Um, out of Augusta. And well, I mean, he went from filming Stripes to to watching Louisville games at the right, Yum right, Center, right. right there on Second Street I Bridge. Know. Right. So um, he's all over. But overall, it was a, albeit the championship game was not uh, tremendously, you know. They tried to come back. They did, but but it, the outcome was never really in doubt. But from uh. start to finish, it was a unbelievable tournament. The yeah. Florida Atlantic game was great shot just dynamite jordan it was just dynamite to watch Jordan-esque shot uh, and cheers to miami for giving uconn probably the toughest game they've had in that yes right. miami came yep. out and they, they punched but my biggest gripe i have i think is that nine twenty start time on monday oh, night what, what is that like even if it's west coast we know they don't care out west anyways never, just move it up and but even when UCLA was in it, it was like an eight twenty start time, right? Thirty start time. I, I don't. It's we were on the beach, so it was great for us. And it was an we're an hour behind, and in we're Florida. an hour behind in Florida. So it was eight twenty. But even then, uh, yeah. Fred and I were talking about it, saying this is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I'm sure, the ratings were down. Oh yes, yeah. yeah the ratings were. I, I, I see no logical down. explanation for that, and I, I would love to see the rating comparison between the. Uh, the women's NCAA championship game and the uh, men's NCAA championship game. How many points did game? Rebecca Lobo have? Oh, my bad. Wait a minute. <laughs> she had a quadruple double, uh, Jerry. What What was the kids? And I want to hit on two players on that UConn team. Uh, obviously, player of the game, Sonogo, mm -hmm. was a beast. Uh, the whole tournament. Uh, that guy, I mean, if you didn't know his name, you now do, and you will. And the two players, Travis, help me out. Uh, who was the kid that, uh, that was, that shot all the little ha mid, mid-range jumpers? Hawkins. Hawkins. Yep. Jordan Man, Hawkins. Man, that kid Jordan is Hawkins. so freaking good. Uh, just the way he comes down the court, some of his, uh, dribbling and passing, and then there was an unsung hero uh, guy that's really good also that played small forward that I thought had a fantastic game as well. Uh, Daryl, so, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I don't know. There's so many players for UConn, I still don't know all of them. Uh, the seven-footer still had, or the set, big seven-foot whatever guy played great. Um, you know, uh, I thought Danny Hurley did everything great in that game. Uh, his his coaching right down to the end, letting players in, 
uh, getting a little rowdy with the fans. I would have done the same thing. Um, but UConn is now a blue blood. No other way to put it. I mean, five championships, and they've all done it in, what, the last 25 years? Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. And they've done it with three different coaches, like we said. So that's And um, they love That's Houston. sustainability. They love Houston, by the way. I think they've won three championships in Houston. Oh, really? I think so. Maybe they just love getting those uh, gold fronts at that uh, Greens Point Mall that there everybody go. goes to. <laughs> yeah. But so. great thing, and and uh, can't wait till next year. Great Tex-Mex yep. in Houston. Congratulations to UConn, uh, and they will be the prohibitive favorite. I'm oh, sure. For sure. Uh, going into next are. season. They are in Vegas. I think they are number one. The other uh, big sporting event last week was, of course, the um, the subject matter of our little bonus episode last week, which was the Masters. Um, we had a little bit of everything. We had unexpected great play on the weekend by some guys we had a almost a match play scenario work itself out on Sunday but ultimately I feel like the best player and the most complete player won the tournament and that is of course John Rahm uh, Fred what are your uh, thoughts relative to the Masters well I thought I thought Rom played great. Kepka, I mean, who didn't want to see that cinema uh, of those two guys playing? The one thing that I was bummed out, if there's anything, luckily they did get it finished on Sunday. However, the weather really put a, a, a nut job into it because they had to finish. A nut job? They had to finish those last, <laughs> what, five, six holes. Mm. And to watch Kepka and Rom waiting, 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 waiting. Even the trees fell asleep. For <laughs> the amateur, was that Dabo? Was that Dabo? <laughs> the amateur and... Bennett was slow, oh, but... but Let's Patrick Cantlay was a uh, disgrace. I mean, dude, and, 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 I, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's what screwed, in my opinion, I think that affected Kepka. I think of everyone's going to say it. And by the time they got back to one, <laughs> I mean, and we kind of thought, well, wait, if Kepka could run away with this. So you were kind of going, well, wait a minute, now they're they're even. But that's when a person that's played 18 holes in tournaments and is number one in the world is going to continue on, and the player that's playing nine-hole live tournaments or whatever is probably going to falter out a little bit, and he's already frustrated. I don't know if that had anything to do with the live tour or the, or the, or, or the well, PGA. They, but No, I promise you the slow play affected Kepka. Oh, I, I well – I was going to get to that. There's no doubt in my mind. And for a guy that's like, he is so fast paced when and he Rob plays. Rob plays fast. And, and, yeah, and, both and not them. to mention Brooks Kepka. We all love him on this podcast, or at least I do. Screw False. these other two. Um, he is, he's, he's a short fused guy. He, he, you know, he gets that heart rate going. Right. He gets flustered. He gets upset. And 
I love that he. I think he moment. lost that tournament on Sunday more than John Rom won that tournament on I Sunday. Agree. John Rom played the same golf he did for four straight days. Kepka played incredible golf for three days, two and a half, and just fell apart. He couldn't hit. A, how many fairways did he miss in those first two days? Uh, I don't think, but maybe no, two. Right. The the entire like first right. thirty six holes. And, and, and you and had he money was, all over him. I was pulling for you because I knew you had all these bets on yeah. him. And I'm like, wow, Tuna's well, come out. I'm never going to win money anyway. So I, I've just come to accept the fact that I like losing bets. I'm, I'm um, kind of bummed that I had money on Cantlay. That I I called Cantlay as one of my winners. And I'm yeah. like so frustrated with him. I mean, you could see Ron pay or not Ron, but uh, Kepka Payson. And you could see that he was... It was really good. I love that to picture of both of them. Oh, man. Like looking down, and they both had that look on their face like, and, we're going to kill these and two. Let's not. Uh, Victor Hovland oh, was dude. playing yeah. with him. Talk about another guy that got and, totally. And Hovland likes to play quick, too. And I'm sure you guys saw at one point, he just said, screw it, and just played ready golf. Right, he just started walking. On like fifteen, mm-hmm. he hit the damn shot before <laughs> before Cantlay even uh, even put a club down to the ball. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the PGA, if they they may have, I think you have to sit him down and, and talk to him, and be like, hey, this is something we have to. I mean, that's what Bryson DeChambeau caught so much crap about. Right. That's why he became one of the most hated guys on tour. Yep. And I don't remember him being near as bad as, as what Candelay was on, on Sunday. No, it was it so. was awful. It was inexcusable. And I didn't notice Candelay doing that the first three days. Was uh, it as bad? I mean, I don't – or maybe is, it wasn't as much of a focal point. Yeah, he has always been uh-huh. horribly slow. Yeah, but it was just – I was think it was magnified level. on yeah. Sunday because – you saw the leaders sitting there waiting, mm-hmm. and he happened to be in the group. Either I think he was in the group directly in front, right? And so well, I guess that's why he magnified. never makes the featured groups. And I think we definitely <laughs> right. we got to talk about Phil. Phil, Phil, for sure. Talk great, about man. someone who hit all who hit more fairways than anyone. Phil Mickelson did, and I know he's a live guy. But Phil's always been my guy, being a lefty from ye- from from the get go. I liked him better when he was fat, though. But yeah, he looks a little strange, skinny with the glasses, chewing the gum, and with his additives I in his feel coffee. Like fat guys look way happier. But uh, but Phil played some exceptional golf. I mean, <laughs> and it was fun. And uh, like you said, Fred, I've always been a fan of his. It it really. Of all the people that went to the Live Tour, uh, him going bothered me the most. But on Sunday, when he was making that run, it was very difficult for me not to be excited for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was rooting like crazy. Who didn't want to see a playoff of Phil and Rom? I did. (laughs) That would have been spectacular. And I know as a nation, we were all sitting around pulling for Patrick Reed. Um I was still waiting for Nance to go, El Nino, España, but he didn't. Was Nance there? He was there. No, I didn't notice. I just heard Vern. But but on, on to the next major, and I think that uh, we're going to have some uh, great tournaments moving forward. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, we got the HBC going on right now. Um, and um, 
like we talked about earlier, I guess Victor Hovland's in the lead right now. Yeah. Um, this is Thursday night we're recording this, so it could be different tomorrow or whenever you guys listen. But I think um, the Netflix documentary Full Swing, the uh, America's sweetheart from that, Joel Damon was leading for a little while. Uh, I think he's down around fifth right now. So we'll get it in gear, PGA players. <laughs> yep. But as always, the Masters lives up to what the Masters is. Um, Rom is a formidable champion. He's going to be great with all his knowledge and the way he talks to the media and the way he is. I don't. I mean, some people don't like him. Whatever. I I just I love don't him. see there's any way not to like someone that knows the history as well as he does uh, of years, years, years past. Well, he's just Mr. Consistency on the course, too. Like I talked about, he played the exact same golf for four straight days. Right, like, he right. knew what he was doing. I mean, the guy. And let me tell you another Rombo thing. Rombo is alive and I well. I liked his shoes that said Rombo on them. Those were cool. Let me tell you another thing that I love about him is that uh, the world-renowned Spanish chef, Jose Andres was uh, walking with him during the last round, and Rom, in his press conference pre-tournament this week, said that he and Jose are already working on the menu for the yes. champions' dinner. Oh. Small plates, tapas. I can almost guarantee Sushi. it. I have been to Spain, <laughs> and that is my second country, and I'm telling you right now, did you run with the Bulls? I was in Menorca on my honeymoon. I was in uh, Barcelona. We were there for two weeks, a week and a week. And uh, some of the best cuisine you will ever have. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be jealous that I'm not at that dinner with I'm my gonna, green jacket on. I'm going to venture to guess that uh, this time next year we will not be comparing uh, John Rahm's champion's dinner to the uh, – Applebee's in the uh, Houston airport. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even though I'm going to try, I'm going to make sometime soon. That's no knock on Applebee's. I, mean, I love Applebee's. If there's a if there's a spring morning uh, afternoon on the weekend that's a little chilly, I might make a little spicy tortilla soup. <laughs> Say that three times. <laughs> I can't. Tortilla soup. Uh, we are uh, also getting into. Just starting to get into the swing of uh, Major League Baseball. There is one story that is dominating baseball right now. Uh, Tuna, why don't you uh, let us know what's what's going on? So, out of nowhere, the Tampa Bay Rays, no longer the Devil Rays, Freddie. They're just the Rays. Oh, they're just the Rays? They're just the Rays. The yes. Devil is gone. He has left. And... They have I always like Ray from Dallas, so I, I like the Rays. <laughs> I like Ray from Dallas. I like Dallas. Period. Yeah. Um, you're a big Patrick Duffy guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I like Sue Ellen. <laughs> who doesn't like Sue Ellen? <laughs> but anyway, we're just showing our age right now. The Tampa Bay Rays have opened the season by winning 13 straight. They got their 13th today. Is that good? That is tied for the major league record. Ah. And this is not the team that I thought would do that. No, no. Um, <laughs> Name their best player. I mean, Randy Rosarina. But, okay. yeah. Right. Um, they, uh, 
I now know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they've got a lot of talent on that team. I, I got to say. Who's their manager? The, the Rays are um, probably one of the most well-ran organizations in professional sports. When you think about what their payroll is, what they do, how they draft, how they go about handling business. They're always well below any kind of, you know, salary issues, whatever. They're they're low payroll team, and they're always in the mix. And they're in a division with the Blue Jays, which are just offensively loaded, seem to be for like three, four straight years now, the Yankees and the Red Sox. And they hold their own and win that division more times than what you would think. you, You have to appreciate that. I don't know. I love that. Uh, so, um, but they go for the record tomorrow against the Blue Jays. Wow! So okay. that's uh, something to keep an eye on here, folks. And uh, their manager is Kevin Cash. Yes, who, Kevin Cash, who came up with the Blue Jays. I think he played ball for the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't remember him as a player. I don't either. He, he may have. He did. Okay. He, he played for Toronto from 2002 to 2004. Okay. Uh, he also played for Tampa Bay, Boston, the Yankees, the Astros, and then back at, at Boston. Oh. Uh, Full-on journeyman, man. Cash money. And uh, he his first job in the big leagues as a coach was with Cleveland. And he is two-time AL manager of the year. There you go. By the way. (laughs) Um, Anything else, Tuna, stick out to you uh, from the first few weeks of the baseball season? Uh, No. uh, I will say this, that the Arizona Diamondbacks are a young, fun, scrappy team. That's another roster you can look at and be like, I know a couple of these guys, but for the most part, they're fast. They – they play small ball. They can really, you know, get the bat on the ball. They steal bags a lot. Um, they're they're a fun team to watch, and I think they're surprising a lot of people right now. I'm curious to see how their trajectory is going to go as the year progresses. And the Orioles, I think, have become maybe one of the funnest teams in Major League. They're America's team. Dude, have you seen the dong bong? Yes. God, I mean, how can team. you not pull for that? That is, I mean, as cool as it is gets. Is that the hat? That they no, wear. it's it's a team that wears the it's a beer bong. Hat? It's a beer bong. Oh, and whenever you hit a, oh, a home run, that's what I'm thinking they're of. all funneling water right. in the dugout right. like it's okay. a beer bong. Yeah, like, you gotta have a niche like rally monkey. No, yeah, for sure. I like I, I, I don't know, man. I that's just a fun team to watch. Well, I got so. some for the Reds. I mean, uh, can we give them something? Like uh, I don't know what. Like uh, we'll give them a participation award for. Almost winning a bunch of baseball games. Okay, well, maybe they need a little niche or I feel something. like it's going to be rough for Reds fans this year. Like, last year, you kind of knew, like, you'd be like an inning or two into the game, be like, oh, well, that's over with. And you could give up. What, we, what, the Reds started out, like, what, 3-22 and 22 last year or something? I, I believe yeah, it was that something was, like that. It was awful. And then you could basically cash in. I feel like this year's Reds team is just going to tease you and give you guys blue balls through the entire season. So you're telling me that Bruce Suter, Dan Quisenberry – uh, are not available. No. Jeff Reardon, no. any great closer uh, <laughs> and um, from years past that we can prayers use. to uh, speaking of Reds. This is a former Red, plays for the Twins now. Uh, prayers go out to uh, for anybody that does pray. Uh, Kyle Farmer, 
who took a fastball in the face yes, yesterday. I, and that's one of my oh, favorite man. pass uh, players. Right. So Mr. Utility. Looks like he had surgery, had his teeth realigned, and uh oh going to be nothing major. I, I believe Justin Turner's uh, hit that he took in spring training to the face was a bit worse. And he was able to get back on the field pretty sh- shortly. So, and uh, Tuna, how uh, quickly? How are your Dodgers doing? Well, uh, this is a new look Dodger team. Bunch of um, uh, young guys that don't know how to play uh, infield at all. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, this is this is going to be a different year than what we've been used to. Uh, pitching staff looks rough. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see how the the season progresses. Um, well, well, you still good. got their backbones. I will say there's a young stud out there in center field. He looks like Cody Bellinger. He plays like Cody Bellinger. I think he might become better. I hate to put that on the young man this early. James Outman, who has been playing great. Will Smith is actually listed as the fifth betting odds to win NL or National League MVP. Chill will so and also uh, and he's also the number one betting odds to uh, grow a beard to say that parents just don't understand. <laughs> uh, still has no. That is his walk-up song, by the way. Is it really? Yes, that, it I, is. I totally yeah. No way. Well, they, they they go through all the um, Will Smith songs, <laughs> but he still that, that's has one of them. no facial hair. Yeah, none. No, Not he one. never will. He's a you know he looks like he's twelve years old. He looks like he could play in the Little League World Series right now. No one would question him. But I don't care what the guy looks like, he can play. And I props to him because keep in mind, it wasn't two years ago that he was he, – he always had a bat since he's been in the league. But defensively as a catcher and calling games, it wasn't there. And there was a lot well, – there, there was a reason that the Dodgers kept a ton of other catchers and kept rolling through. Clayton Kershaw wouldn't even pitch to him. You know, he had to have Austin Barnes for years. Right. Will has I worked. I forgetting that every time I watch a Dodger uh, game with you, I forget that Chill Will is a catcher. Yeah. He's so clean and clean cut, it doesn't look like I know it, man. I know it. Catcher. And, but he's worked his butt off, man. Equipment off. And he has just really improved on his defensive game. And I, I, he's probably, I mean, like we said a couple weeks ago, when you look at Major League Baseball, there's two catchers that stand out above anybody, and it's J.T. Romuto and Will Smith. So, And I think Will Smith is slowly starting to pass him up. But uh, I may but just be a homer here. As a Reds fan, I say to end this, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. And to answer your question, Travis, the Dodgers are in third place right now. A rare place okay. for the Dodgers. Looking up. I think we finally got to hit some NBA, right? Yeah, that's. I watched an NBA game. That's where I was getting ready to go. We had our play-in, uh, our play-in games this week. A uh, couple of good games, a couple our, of not so good games that had exciting finishes. I think our international uh, listeners are ready, going, "Hey, wait a minute, come here! They're look, they're talking about NBA now." <laughs> <laughs> um, we we know our NBA guys. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's tuning in to get my takes on the NBA. Hey, and I can't wait to give them to you. <laughs> Freddie Freddie obviously is pleased uh, because of his Bulls. How about that Bulls 17 point comeback? Yep, that was pretty impressive for uh, uh, for what to to play the uh, the or to play. The, I think the biggest the takeaway from that game was did. DeMar DeRozan's daughter, 
who was out there just <laughs> screaming the whole yeah. time anytime Toronto was shooting free throws. And, dude, I'm going to tell you, the Heat do not look that good right now. I, I can't believe they lost their playing game. Uh, you know, and I have a little money on the Heat because they had great uh, odds to win the East or whatever, and they've got all these pieces together. And uh, I put a little money on them. Of course, I have a little. I even put some money on the Lakers uh, because they had great odds. That game is in Miami, and Miami opens as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Hold on, wait. I need this explained to me now. Okay. Miami lost the other night. They're not eliminated. No, they just move down to, to their the, to their it, it's like a double elimination almost type of scenario. So they now mm. have one more game. Okay. To make the real playoffs. To make the real playoffs. Jesus. So like what is there, thirty two NBA teams and twenty of them are in the playoffs? <laughs> Travis can explain that probably better than me. I'm gonna need a flow chart guy. I want a PowerPoint presentation sent to me so I can it's understand. A new, this. It's a new uh system that okay. they put in yeah and uh oklahoma city plays uh the timberwolves the dangerous thunder which is also a five and a half point uh spread with the uh timberwolves playing at home in minnesota the timberwolves may be my favorite team right now um just for the fact that they just fight each other on the sidelines and i think that's <laughs> awesome do. um they should have let the guy play that threw the punch rudy gobert um I mean, I mean, sometimes well, you got to fight your teammates. You dude, know what I mean? Rose, I don't know. I mean, that's that's Mr. COVID. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to get Donovan Mitchell's take on that. <laughs> but, uh, dude, let me tell you something. Josh Giddy, SGA, Gilgis Alexander, the Thunder, Donovan, they're dangerous. And uh, the Lakers? The uh, Lakers are dangerous to a certain extent. Well, I was but, just going to say – it brings the West the, is kind of wide open. I, I really think Milwaukee and Boston are there in the East. Yes, uh, the West I think is open. I really do. I don't see. I don't. I'm not scared of Phoenix. I'm not scared of Memphis. I'm not scared of the Lakers know. getting there. Makes them dangerous. Anytime that you have. LeBron, and I know that Lakers aren't great. They've got some good little pieces there, though, that they did on during uh, uh, the deadline. And I remember a couple of people, not anyone here, but telling me that they were worthless. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. Is Vanderbilt and some of those guys D'Angelo they got Russell can really help. Yeah, De- okay. D'Angelo Russell. Wasn't he the one that, like. He was there for a while and then left and came back. Didn't so. he record something in the locker room live yeah, that he wasn't supposed that, to? Uh, but that was with the Lakers when he did that, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a long time yeah. ago. But he's definitely someone <laughs> that can I just wasn't sure them. if that was with the Lakers then when that happened or but what he, that clip He's yes. a stat stuffer okay. that can really help them, and I think yeah. they figured that out. He's so. a Louisville kid. Yeah, 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 he's a Louisville kid, Central okay. High School. And we will definitely, uh, when the playoff matchups are set, we will be diving into that and really getting into that because, quite frankly, it's going to be one of the uh, only things that's going on except the, uh, for the beginning of baseball season. However. Except for. However. Here in this part of the country, it's derby season. That's right. And nobody gets more fired up 
for Derby season than the fabulous one over here. And he is, uh, I believe, set to break down the Derby preps that took place last week that we weren't uh, able to talk about, and he's going to preview what's coming up. Freddie's so, favorites. Freddie. <laughs> Well, the floor is yours. Well, uh, as Travis and I were, uh, and our, our buddy Little Jay uh, was on vacation, shout out to him, uh, we were watching uh, uh, the games, the Final Fours go on, and in between all that, uh, we're fighting to find a TV and a feed to get the Arkansas Derby and the Florida Derby. <laughs> one we watched on our phone. It was a fiasco. One we watched on <laughs> one we watched on 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 the TV. Uh, I have to say they were all great races. Now this is the early ones. This this was last. This was week before last, folks. Uh, and if you took my picks on the Florida Derby, I tried to beat Forte with Mage. Uh, Mage did come in second in a great battle. Uh, Forte beat him at the very end at the wire. Uh, Forte didn't need the points, but he showed grit. And he has won the last four races, so he is easily the number one horse on the board. Uh, Mage is very scary uh, X-Factor horse in the Derby. Uh, then we had on to the Arkansas uh, I hope that you had my horse then. I had Angel of Empire, uh, 20 to win, 20 to place. Uh, hopefully you took him because he showed major grit. He's always in the right place at the right time. It seems like every race, he has won his last two, had second before that, and he wins the Arkansas Derby with a in a great battle. Uh, with reincarnate uh, uh, a horse that kind of came th th he was there but uh, I I'm just gonna tell you angel of, angel of Empire is my number one horse I'm trying to beat forte so angel of Empire is my number one horse he won the Arkansas Derby then we moved on to the wood Memorial the following week. Uh, another great race. Uh, was this Tappet Trice race? Yes. This is the race that I watched. Dude. I like that horse because he's massive. Oh, my God. His head's bigger than you are. He's like point given big. <laughs> like, he's huge. Okay, this horse is, if you're not, if you watch him, he's green. Yes. And But this is his second win now. And, buddy, when he's coming down the stretch, he's not a closer, mm -hmm. but he has closing speed. He's kind of a, a, a stalker. But, buddy, when he's coming down two, three wide, get out of the way. Yeah, he reminds me of a bigger, authentic. Uh, he is just I think he's trucking. on the juice. I'm telling he's you right now. He's the Derrick Henry of horses. Hey, he is my number two horse, okay? He's he's what a horse that you call peaking at the right time. Uh -huh. He looked out to the crowd when he was running down, down stretch. He's a showboat. Dude, he is. And what a race with him and verifying. Oh, my gosh. Dude, verifying is a horse that is, folks, if you want to have a good, not a buzz horse, but this is a horse that had a bad trip. You say a buzzed horse? No, but the buzz. You know the buzz oh. horse derby time. But verifying is a really is a really well thought of horse that had a bad trip in the slop, 
about four weeks ago. And, uh, and you know, you got to keep an eye on those horses, even though they get fourth or fifth. They knew, everyone knew it, and Buddy, he came back, and they had a battle with everyone left in the dirt, and it was great. So verifying, folks, if you want good money on the Derby, verifying will get you, I'm, I'm assuming, maybe 10, 12 to 1 odds. So keep an eye on that horse. He is also starting to trend in the right direction with a great trip and a new jockey, Tyler Gaffione. Ooh. Or Gaffione. Uh, okay, then we moved Sounds like on. Sounds John Rahm's uh, personal moved, chef. Then we moved on to the Bluegrass Stakes. Travis, I'm going to, let's see here. Then we had the Bluegrass Stakes. Right and, there in uh, Lexington at Keeneland, right, of course. Right, Lexington at Keeneland. And we had, uh, now, now see, I have a special note that I'm looking for on this because I wanted to. Uh, it's in the other which, file cabinet that you have. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. We messed up. Tappet Trice won the Tappet bluegrass. Won that's the bluegrass. The, I screwed you dude, up. I you screwed, screwed me. me I screwed. That's my fault, guys. Folks, I'm sorry, but Tappet that's Trice the one won I the bluegrass. That's the one I watched. I didn't yes. watch the war, wood. I watched the bluegrass. Tappet Trice won the yeah, and there there were three preps, and I was so fired up for all of them. But yes, Tappet Trice. That's my fault. No, Tappet Trice did uh, win the bluegrass and battled with verifying, and it was a great race. I'm sorry. On uh, to the wood memorial. To where I had money on hit show, I wasn't able to give anybody the horses that I that I really wanted to pick, but I was going with hit show in that race, and I'm telling you, he ran a fantastic race. It was if you didn't watch the Wood Memorial, which is normally kind of a dog race, it's kind of no one has really come out of the Derby to win the Wood Memorial. Uh, it was a major upset, 59 to one shot. Lord Miles wins. It did now. Let me tell you something about this horse. It was. It's a very good horse. Well thought of. Uh, several weeks ago, ran a disappointing race. Back in it, he goes three deep. Did you see those three horses coming across that line, Travis? I did. I mean, and it was hit show. Uh. It was, uh, what, what's the horse, Dream? Uh, I, I don't think he has enough points to make it. Um, but uh, the, the, it basically, Hit Show showed true grit, but Lord Miles is an X-Factor horse, okay, in that race. Moving on to the Santa Anita Derby, a horse that just keeps on winning. Right. Practical move has won three in a row. In my opinion, practical move is a practical horse. He ha he he's <laughs> I have I have several one line notes on my horses. I see what he did there. Yeah. That was, yeah. It was good. Practical move is a That was almost a Jim Nancyan <laughs> type of thing. It was, thing it right was so there. cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But but folks, uh and he won that race. Of course, a lot of people tried to beat him, but he came through, did well. Uh so there's your derby preps until the Lexington, which is run Saturday. Um uh, folks, I'm I was hoping confidence game, instant coffee, red route one, go rocket ride, these awesome closers that have not gotten up there to get their points. We're gonna run in it. Guess what? 
none of them are. So on to the Preakness or the Belmont for them. But this arm is running, and it's the only horse that you're going to win with. Okay? I'm taking Disarm Saturday in the Lexington. He's probably the chalk. But to get finished, I want to move on and give you my top ten. Would love to hear it. Start from number ten, Fred. Oh, number ten? Yes. Okay, we'll start from ten. I mean, you, I mean, one, you have to look. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you have to understand that 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 Fred looks like a Encyclopedia Britannica I've salesman got, over here. I, I'm telling with the you. amount of stacks of books and papers he's got. I'm going to give you my one line notation so for each horse yes. very quickly. Yes, please do. My number ten horse is Rocket Can. Quality horse versus quality competition, but is he as good? as the top dogs has he peaked okay that's 10 <laughs> now we go to nine bear with me this may be my new favorite segment nine <laughs> is i'm gonna be so sad nine when is over mage with. i'm telling you he'll be a buzz horse derby week he is one of my x factors not on a bad trip and here's what i say about him improving young closer very well bred okay that's nine let's go to eight soon it'll get a lot easier when i get to we don't want easy we want number perfection. eight two fills getting better always in the money but competition eh, not so sure all right let's get to seven confidence game he hasn't ran in seven weeks, folks, maybe eight. He's not in the Lexington Stakes. I have nothing to say about him. He won his last race against good competition, the Rebel. I guess he's in the Derby. I know he's in the Derby. We'll see what happens. Talk about an X factor. He's definitely one of them. Six, another buzz horse, verifying, improving, well-bred out of Justify, Bad trip in the slot, then a great trip the next race, flying versus Tappet Trice. Five, hit show, sneaky good, presser. Last race was impressive, even getting third at the wire versus two other great horses. How sneaky good can he be if he's in your top five? Well, he's sneaky good. Ooh. Just you got to watch out for him. Four. <laughs> Practical move, solid presser, won his last three versus B-plus competition. Ooh. Okay? B-plus. Three, Angel of Empire, speed horse, always in the right position and has grit. Ooh. Okay? Two, Tapatrice, huge stalker with closing speed coming of age. One, Forte. What else can you say? Dominated the last four wins. Nothing left to say. There you have it, folks. There's my top ten. I didn't even mention Fletcher's Kings Barnes. That's definitely an X Factor. Who's won one one Derby prep. That's one the Derby prep. Amazing so, thing about horse names is like. Almost every word that you said following a horse's name could have been another horse's name. 
Tough grit. Travis, you weren't here to you weren't here to sell us closing down. stalker. Travis, and he won the forte to, as the forte race. Down, but we talked about this great race between Tampa Trice and verifying, and we thought it was the Wood Memorial. It wasn't. It was the Blue. That was my right. fault. I led him astray. No, that's all right. I was so excited to get to it that I just went I could by. see your but our folks, energy. We are going to move on, and you know what? There's another horse that I did not mention that is going to be an X factor. And he is a Japanese horse, Derma Satagake. Nailed that pronunciation. Derma Man. Satagake they is going to put you to on NBC to just buzz to, horse just to pronounce that name. Let me tell you yeah, about Vern's going to butcher that. This horse has already went the distance, <laughs> but against who? Okay. He hasn't went against great competition. Is against who the name of the horse? But he may be. <laughs> Again? He will, he will be the most. He will be. The most bet on foreign horse in the Derby ever. I'm going to tell you that right. More than Fusaichi Pegasus? Satagake may make the top four on the program. Hmm. Betting favorites. Wow. There you have it. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff, Fred. Uh, Before we wrap up tonight, I did want to touch on uh, the XFL. Kaka! Kaka! My DC defenders, of course, are uh, have lost one game this year. Their one loss was to the previously winless Orlando Guardians of my nephew Colin. They are in the playoffs. Clinch. Uh, I believe Fred's uh, St. Louis team. The Battle Hawks, ne- six a, and two. They need a win Saturday, correct? Versus, versus a good Sea Dragon team who's also trying to get there for the playoff spot. Uh, do we know, is that game in St. Louis? Do we know that? You know what? Uh, the, the game, I believe, is in St. Louis. Yes, yes. 40,000 uh, 40, strong 000. at the old TWA Dome. Dominating the league in attendance. No way they lose that game. No way. No way. Uh, Matter of fact, we won uh, last week. Uh, just so you know, Battlehawks won the first overtime XFL game, if you will. Tuna, how's your uh, squad doing? Uh, luckily, they're in the um, uh, South Division, and which is the same division as Orlando and San Antonio, which puts us in second place right behind the Houston Roughnecks. So cool that all three of our teams are Well, poor Colin. We don't want to say all three of ours and poor oh, Colin's yeah. sitting at home crying right, right. now. Uh, right. even though the Guardians did beat the DC Defenders, which may have been a pity win, but they'll take a win. <laughs> so and uh credit to um Eli Rogers, former Louisville player who had a um career performance of ten catches and hundred and thirty seven yards in that game. The other day for the uh, Orlando Guardians. C-A-R-D-S. Yep. Way to go. Uh, fellas, let me throw it around the horn. Do we have any final thoughts? I do. I want to congratulate um, the Washington NFL uh, fans Indeed. for yes. um, finally getting out from underneath of Dan Snyder. The team was sold today for $6 billion to – I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he owns the uh, 76ers, and it's Magic Johnson and some other rich guy that I don't know about. Um, But those three, either way. um, Good for them. Yeah, they're finally out. See you, Dan. Uh, The NFL will be a much better place without you, sir. Completely agree. That's what I got. Freddie. 
I want to give a shout out to uh, probably the biggest long shot in the Derby, <laughs> who has already qualified <laughs> wild on ice. Uh, this horse won the Sunland Derby, and the reason I say that is because Sunland Derby winners or courses that's coming third or fourth have somehow won the Derby lately. Uh, Rich Strike comes to mind. Mind that bird. Uh, I want to say I want to give a shout out to the jockey for Wild on Ice, Ken Towhill. He will be turning sixty-one. Oh, <laughs> sixty-one, folks, and he will break the record of the oldest jockey. We are big Ken Towhill guys around here. Yeah, I'll tell he, you that he much. He will break John Court's record of fifty-nine years old in the Derby. Love it. Well, Let's that's who I'm pulling that, for. That is immediately yeah. my. My favorite. Robbie Benson uh, loves I'm Wild definitely on putting ice. money on that horse. Ice castles. And, guys, uh, we really appreciate everybody that's listened uh, week in and week out. Please tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Uh, tonight was a little bit different. Uh, we hope that, uh, especially those folks that live here in Louisville, we hope that we were able to uh, offer a little bit of distraction from the heaviness that's gone on here this week. Um, we will be back once again next Thursday, as always, uh, when we record and the uh, episodes come out sometime between noon and one on Fridays. Uh, and we do really always appreciate everybody that listens every week, sends us feedback, and uh, we just really appreciate each and every one of you. With that being said, for the big fellow of the tuna country, Matt Kemp, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. This is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.